This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Well, the way we like to start our week at the Stacking Benjamin Show is with a salute to our troops on behalf of the men and women at Navy Federal Credit Union and the people making podcast here in mom's basement. OG, Doug, me, Gertrude, Brooke, Karen, Steve, Kevin, Jen. Seems like you're just making up names. You're just point. saying names. Bill, <laughs> just Philippe, like Maria, <laughs> yes, and Chuck. Good and old Chuck. Chuck. Don't forget Chuck. Every team's got to have a Chuck. On behalf of Chuck, <laughs> let's salute our troops. Time to go stack some Benjamin, shall we? Semper Fi. My God. The Dukes are going to corner the entire frozen orange juice market. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and as I'm sure you know, it's National Sneak Some Zucchini Under Your Neighbor's Porch Day. Speaking of vegetables, today we welcome Len Penzo for his annual sandwich episode. For our TikTok Minute, we share an amazing way to save money on your gas. In our headlines, we look at Bank of America's hopes for America straight out of the charred pit where their heart used to be. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven lifeline to Michelle, who's curious about deflation. And then I'll sneak some trivia under your porch. And now, two guys who are leaving you surprises left and right. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-J. Everyone, you're here. You made it. Welcome back to the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salci. Hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. Put your feet up and get ready for another hour of financial greatness. I, I uh, they say under promise, over deliver, <laughs> don't they? Maybe we need to maybe I need Fail. to reel that back a little bit. Yes. 
get ready for six pieces of zucchini under your porch, figuratively, when it comes to this podcast. By the way, I think people in the countryside, Doug, they get how important this holiday is. And some people that live in the city that don't have gardens all around them may not understand the Or the have zucchini. ever heard of it. I don't understand zucchini, period. <laughs> you don't understand vegetables. Oh, I love vegetables. <laughs> I despise anything that's of the squash family. As long as they're deep fried, he loves them. No, yes. that's not true. In fact, I'm the one that like cooks my vegetables too lightly because I prefer them to be crunchy. And everybody's like, the green beans are too crunchy at my house. Oh, I'm like that's how they grow. They grow crunchy. You don't mean crunchy like like burned or overcooked. You mean Raw. undercooked. So they're a little Raw. snappy. Speaking Snap. of crunchy, guys, we got a crunchy midsection in this podcast. You have a crunchy because midsection. Len Penzo's here. Why, thank you. Len Penzo's here crunching on sandwiches with us. For people that don't know, that are new to the show, every year Len Penzo looks at inflation in the most creative way we've ever seen, which is through the eyes of either a back-to-school or a back-to-work lunch. Uh, what's the price of a sandwich? And how did it change from last year? So seventy-two. He takes all the, he takes yeah. all the condiments. He takes uh, several different sandwiches, and he sees how much they've gone up. Right. Last year, it was $5 for your sandwich. This year, uh, you need to refinance your house. Need more. I bet I'm close. It's funny because every year, I know this is a podcast episode people look forward to, but man, this year, with all the inflationary stuff going on at the grocery store, the gas pump, and everywhere else, I think it's a big year to talk inflation with Len. Before that, some bad news. For you, if you're a true believer in Bank of America and other banks. But before all that, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Len Penzo in the sandwich survey. Len's waiting upstairs with mom to get that segment rolling, so let's move. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our stacking Benjamin's headlines. You ever have something uh, come out of your mouth and you regret it? Never. <laughs> You're like, it's just one of those days, isn't it? 
I was I, I was in the uh, second row at a Detroit Pistons game a long time ago, and Grant Hill created some new shoes called the Fila Hills, and they were the most ugly. That they, they were people can just hey do Doug, a Google search. Raise your hand if you've heard this story before. Yeah, I think we've heard this story before. All right, not that long ago. these guys have not heard this story. Yes, they have. I think, and they it's have. going somewhere. Did I tell it yesterday? It feels like it. Certainly within the last 12 months. But go on. Thank you. It's probably going to be better this time. Yes. It's very nice. Yes. So anyway, to spare you all the details, because some of you have heard this story before. You've never done that in your life. <laughs> no. You never spared anybody the details? Yes. <laughs> no, actually, you're a good storyteller. So just so Grant Hill, behind the, I'm picturing it, the heyday of the Pistons. Grant Hill's on the team. In those nasty teal uniforms. And there's Joe slumming it in the second row. And after a few adult beverages, I said, yep, I've come to a decision. I think I hate the shoes. I don't know, though. Do you think he gets paid to wear them? And the person sitting directly in front of me in the first row turns around and shoves a card in my face. And it is the Fila rep. And I, uh, I kind of stepped in it. But... That's only a big story because I've told it apparently 87 times on this podcast. Yeah. There are so many other times you've stepped in it worse than that, I'm sure. That, oh, I mean, no. that's a good story. No. I can't no. be your worst. Never. Well, how about this one? I think somebody at Bank of America has me beaten. A Bank of America, this is from TheIntercept.com. A Bank of America executive stated that, quote, we hope working Americans will lose leverage in the labor market in a recent private memo. <laughs> Making predictions for clients about the U.S. economy over the next several years, the memo also noted that changes in the percentage of Americans seeking jobs, quote, should help push up the unemployment rate. The memo, a mid-year review from June 17th, written by Ethan Harris, who stepped in it worse than I did, I think, the head of global economics research for the corporation's investment banking arm, Bank of America Securities, its specific aspiration, this is what they're hoping for. By then the next year, we hope the ratio of job openings to unemployed is down to a more normal highs of the last business cycle. Of course, the reason they hope that is so that, oh, gee, we can get into more financial trouble and rely on Bank of America more. God bless America. God bless Bank of America. Yes, indeed. We hope everything sucks more so we can make more money. Honestly, I think the worst thing that happened here was he got caught. Because, I mean, think of how many businesses and how many industries count on tailwinds or headwinds for them to thrive but how many how many times how many times though og have you had uh somebody who you've been meeting with say to you no i'm working with this i'm working with this bank and man they are super nice they're in my corner you're trying to explain to them that the bank is not your buddy the bank might be helping you but the bank is not your buddy well especially a publicly traded bank i mean their job is to uh, maximize shareholder profit and value like everybody. I did see something the other day that, you know, they may be getting their wish that um, I think this was Morning Brew credit card uh, uh, usage is up quite a bit. Some 13 or 15 percent balances are higher now. And of course, where is that affecting people? It's affecting mostly people with lower credit scores and people who can least afford to have credit card debt. So they're paying the highest interest. So. Congratulations, Bank of America, dude. It's working. It's happening. News just a couple days ago as well. The job market starting to cool off a little bit as well. I mean, don't they say um, that unemployment should be at like five to six percent? Isn't that kind of the 
Yeah, I've full heard employment that. is five to six. Isn't that kind of the number? I, I have that in my Standard. mind. Standard, and and we're seem to be well below that. So I, you know, and let's play devil's advocate just a quick minute. I bet that what he meant to say was, I hope that the market equilibrium is a little bit better. And it came out like, I hope there's fewer people with jobs. And with more with more financial problems. And with more financial problems. Well, I'd like to repossess a few houses in the next year. Because uh, I earn a commission every time we send those pink letters. I mean, let's talk about a publicly traded bank because that might have went over some people's head, OG. Because buried in a quarterly filing... Uh, a couple of years ago, Bank of America even said in their quarterly filing, the reason why they didn't pay higher on their savings accounts was because nobody was demanding it. So they were they were giving it to the shareholders <laughs> instead. Nobody was demanding higher interest rates from our savings accounts. They were competitive. So we're not giving it to you. We're handing it to somebody else. That's kind of the way the market works, whether there were picket signs or it, there's just a expatriation of customers going to ally or somebody else who offers a higher rate. I mean, that's another way of another form of a demand. And if they weren't experiencing that, then that's just kind of capitalism, isn't it? Absolutely. But that's the purpose of the show, Doug. I mean, the purpose of the show is to shine a light on the fact that, you know what, this bank that you're banking at, I mean, every Friday we talk about how that brick and mortar bank probably doesn't have your best interest on behalf of one of our sponsors on Friday, right? Magnify money. Hmm. And I think people think, well, okay, that's an ad, whatever. But if we pulled our listenership and asked them what banks they bank at, you know, they're banking at that brick and mortar bank. They are. I mean, statistically, they're, they're, yeah. they're banking down at the corner at the place that sure. doesn't care. Mm-hmm. at all about them. You know, the head of Magnify Money, when we had him on, used to work at Citigroup and also work for Barclay. And he said, oh, gee, remember this? This is what they solve for. They want you to have the worst credit card debt you can possibly have without defaulting. Yeah. Like, how can, we, how can we make it so that you are absolutely screwed? And by the way, on their balance sheet, they have a line item, which is government fines, meaning they expect ahead of time that they're going to get caught with their hand in the cookie jar and they have a reserve. They have an emergency fund ahead of time to pay these. It's the uh, cost of doing business, marketing expense, as it were, or something like <laughs> marketing. that. Yeah, absolutely. And an add on. Uh, let's make this uh, let's make this usable. Uh, shall we? Instead of just complaining about banks, bankrate.com has this piece, 12 ways to bank smarter, simple tips and tricks to increase your wealth. Number one, reevaluate your bank. I'm hoping that people, if they're using Bank of America right now, oh gee, maybe doing some, doing some reevaluation. Please. As we, they are the, they, I, I know that you think that they're the worst bank in the world. And it took them to do the tortilla challenge to me before I, uh, before I recognize, I mean, they just came cold cock me off the site, you know, wham. And I'm like, holy crap, you guys are terrible. We've been nothing but good customers. They're like, off you go. You know? Yeah. It's like, gone. Okay. See ya. Fun. All right. I don't know if they're the worst bank. I mean, every time we say that we're the worst bank, Wells Fargo goes, hey, hold my beer. Right? (laughs) (laughs) It's a race to the bottom. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Number two, don't assume your bank is giving you the best rate. But but let's be clear about this. Okay, this is a way, OG, to bank better. Don't assume your bank is giving you the best rate. Let's be realistic. If I go shopping interest rates on my savings account, right, what's the net effect going to be? I feel like if I do that more than once a year, I'm probably messing up. 
Well, and and what's the return? You're not going to go from one to five. There's not a five percenter out there. You might go from one to 1.1. And there's a lot of cost of doing business. I have an idea about how to make some pretty easy money. And I'm trying to get Mrs. OG to do it because I don't want to do the energy on it. But you know, you get those things in the mail that say like, hey, open an account. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I know a way for us to earn extra money. And I'm trying to get Mrs. OG. in the OG household, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, no, seriously. I I would like to know if someone has done this. Like, you know, you get those things in the mail. It's called OnlyFans for a reason. It's called OnlyFans for a reason. (laughs) There's only fans there, Mrs. OG. Yeah. I mean, the uh, uh, you get those letters in the mail from like Chase or somebody that's like, open an account here and we'll give you 300 bucks. And, you know, there's some fine yeah. print and it's a relatively low lift, right? You got to move your direct deposit, keep the account there for 90 days and then give you some money. I feel like you could make a pretty good side hustle running that gauntlet of now it's a pain in the butt, right? Because you got to like change banks every 90 days or whatever it is. But if somebody's done that, I would like to hear from them because I think that would be a fun game to play for someone else in my family to play for me. Well, it's funny, OG, because if you remember just just before COVID on one of our stacker episodes and exciting stuff stackers do, uh, Alan in Wisconsin does exactly that. He's got like a spreadsheet of how long he's got to leave it there. And he just goes to his mailbox and whatever the offer is, hey, if it's a hundred bucks, I go move it. And uh, he's making, I think he made I think he made that year when we had him on. We'll link to it in the show notes, but I believe off the top of my head, it was $12,000, I think, in a year. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. We do like 150 shows a year, and you're going back two or three years and expecting us to remember a dude from Wisconsin who does this? I didn't expect you to remember anything. I was expecting OG to remember it. I don't expect you to remember what you had for fair breakfast. Enough. All right. Yes. Fair enough. <laughs> I deserve that. Number... <laughs> Uh, the next one on this list, strategically plan your bank interactions, planning your visit for non-urgent matters rather than just dropping by can help you ensure you receive the help you need. Okay. That's what I do. Uh, communi- I just drop by by local bank of America. Like, hey guys, how's it going? Hey. Show up in a hooded sweatshirt. They have good coffee. Closing an account too soon could cost you. and com- So communicate before you close account. Boy, uh, OG, on last week's show about stockpile. I got several emails from people, several that ran into that $75 account transfer problem. I told you how to do it. Sell it, transfer cash. Yeah. Communicate, communicate ahead of time and make sure you read the fine print and then consider keeping your money in in multiple banks. I'll tell you that this is what I do. I like having my emergency fund in one bank, my emergency money, and then my utility bank, you know, the one where I'm doing all of my transactions, all my budgeting in a separate bank. Cause otherwise I found for me anyway, when I mix banks, when I have them, this, even if I have two different accounts at the same bank, the fact that I can transfer them easily back and forth between each other creates a mess of, uh, bender spending uh, on a fun Friday night ends up Bender being a spending. <laughs> Amazon trip for Joe. So set yourself up to win. Number 11 on this list, let your bank know when you're traveling. I've, I found the last time we traveled uh, overseas, OG, that uh, the bank actually said, you don't need to call us anymore, that, uh, that, that we're good on that. So uh, check with your bank. However, when we were in England, my debit card would not work because we did not tell our financial institution ahead of time. And by the time they could get it fixed, we were ready to come back. There's a joke there about not being enough money in the account. That's why the debit card didn't work. <laughs> right. 
Well, that too. There might have been two reasons. <laughs> might have been. Might have been a few reasons. <laughs> I'll link to this uh, on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Not just the Bank of America, but also this uh, bank rate list of tips to, to do better banking. Hey, it's time for our TikTok Minute, time uh, when we shine the light on some great TikTok creator. Uh, Doug, let's go to you today. Is uh, is this a great creator, fantastic creator, or is this a great creator in quotes? Well, you know what? Sooner or later, one of these is going to be like genuinely good and impressive. So I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going with impressive, really good, no quotes. Well, you nailed it, my friend, because this is actually yes! a public service announcement. This is a this is actually a news report that somebody made a reel out of. Listen to what people are doing at a uh, at a gas station near you. Roseville AM PM, much like the one we're at right now. And what you're going to see is a man very casually get out of his car, walk around the other side of the pump and switch the gas nozzles to the one on the other side. Now, another customer is going to pull up and while he thinks he's pumping gas into his car, it's actually flowing into the car on the other side of the pump. The Roseville Police Department explains this is from. How about that? Yikes. Just very casually takes those long arms, changes them around. So you're using theirs and they're using yours. And when you, uh, when you start to fill up, you're filling up the other person's gas tank. Hmm. You, you say, huh? Like you have a new idea. Doesn't he, Doug? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh. Why do I feel like he's going to sign off of this recording really fast? Or interested in the, uh, who came up with it? You know what I mean? Like, I want to know, I want to source that back to the per- first person who thought that up and went, well, I wonder if we could do this. Like if you use those powers for good. Well, I don't know that there's any way to make that good, but I just want to know who did it. Like that's, I've been pumping gas for a long time and never crossed my mind to do that. And I just, I'm not saying make that activity good. I'm saying if you use those same brain cells creative. to do something yeah, good, it's very creative. yeah, like to cure cancer or something that's a little helpful. Well, at least you didn't make a big leap there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fix the Ukraine problem. <laughs> you know, something small, or you could just go stealing gas from the person at the pump next to you. Yeah. By the way, thanks to Emily for sending that to us. If you've got a TikTok or a Facebook, Instagram reel that you think is money related and is fun, send those to me, Joe at stackybenjamins.com. And uh, thanks for, I, I don't know. I love how the community helps us make this show. Speaking of community, a uh, guy who's been a contributor of ours since the beginning, Mr. Len Penso, who runs the highly Highly rated uh, lenpenso.com blog. Kiplinger gave it uh, blog of the year. CBS Money Watch also called it best personal finance blog. It is a straightforward look at personal finance with a straightforward point of view. Actually, it's a straightforward point of view, I think, OG, in a very quirky way. Len always finds a great creative way to look at the simplest, simplest things that many of us aren't solving. And one thing none of us can solve right now is inflation. How do we fight it? Well, we're going to take a look now at exactly how much a sandwich costs. But sandwich between us and Len nope, Penzo. Nope. I don't like where this is going. The meat in this Len Penzo sandwich. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> the peanut butter and jelly <laughs> of this Len Penzo sandwich. I mean, you can dream all you want, Joe, but I am not taking part in this fantasy. No? 
just a little peanut butter, a little jelly, a little lens, a little uh, lens inflation, Doug's trivia. No, let's just do Doug's trivia. How about that? That's let's yeah. Keep it on the DL. All right. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Listen, guys, you can't just go sneaking your zucchini under people's porches. Keep your zucchini in your basket until someone else asks to see it. Okay. I mean, I'm talking from experience here. I tried to sneak some zucchini on Joe's hot cousin Jenna's porch. It came back spiralized. How else am I supposed to get rid of all this zucchini? I am awash in summer squash. Len, we're going to need more zucchini sandwiches. Can you just switch your whole study up? Because I got to dump this stuff. Speaking of sandwiches, how about I sandwich some trivia into this zucchini share Of all the bills printed in the United States... How many feature non-presidents? I'll be right back with the answer after I go print some more zucchini slices. Well, you know what I think about Navy Federal? I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine, and my nephew Nathan is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey there, stackers. I'm Oblong Vegetable Consent Advisor, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. 
Sure, we all like slices of green, but usually they're reserved for presidents. Of all the accomplished people on the bills, there were nary but a few who did not hold the title president. How many? Two! Only Alexander Hamilton and Ben Franklin made the cut. And now, to two guys who put the zoo in zucchini, Joe and Len Penzo. And we got him live from his bunker deep under Los Angeles. <laughs> Mr. Len Penzo's here. How are you, man? I'm doing just fine. I'm munching on a uh, PB&J right now as we speak, Joe. Delicious. Oh, meta- metaphorical too. And people will know that you are um, foreshadowing. You're foreshadowing. But let's leave that alone for now. Okay. Were you excited to put this together? Because I know that it wasn't just me this year. I, I feel like some years it's me going, hey, are we doing this thing? But then there's other years where you get this mountain. I bet this year there's a mountain of interest in the sandwich survey. Yes, I, I had people emailing, asking when it was. There's more than usual. Let me, let me say that. I mean, I, where people were actually emailing me and asking me when I was going to do this year's uh, survey. You know, I've been doing this for 14 years now, Joe, which is hard to believe. But I was extremely interested in the results, too, because, I mean, we've all been affected by, I think most people have been affected by inflation, at least at the grocery store. So this was, to me, a kind of a test of my survey as well, because I was like, well, gosh, you know, I wonder, what if my survey is totally against what my grocery bill has been? We'll see how this, right. you know, <laughs> it was just kind of like, it was, was going to validate my survey or not. I was very interested just to see the results. And I will say this was... The most interesting results ever in 14 years of doing this survey. I will link to, by the way, your overall piece so people can see it, of course, at lempenzo.com. It'll be in our show notes page. So people want to even have this open while you're listening, if able, uh, that might even help a little, but certainly go to it afterwards and read it. But you start off by saying a lot of the reason, of course, is that the consumer price index is up uh, at the time you wrote this 9.1%, but you have the word official in quotes. Yes. And, and I was reading a piece the other day, Len, that, that you'll find funny. I, d- I need to send this to you. Sometimes people misplace the quotation marks and they put them in, in the wrong place. Uh, they showed a birthday cake and somebody decided to put quotes around the word dad. Happy birthday, quote, dad, <laughs> meaning, <laughs> meaning that dad might not be dad. But what they were trying to do, because they don't know how to use the quotes, they were trying to emphasize word quotes are these cop cars. That's a, to make our community quote, safer, <laughs> like it's, I guess the community's not really safer. We're just going to put quotes. Like why we put quotes there, but I know you long enough to know that you're a pro at the English language quote, official inflation. Yes. What does that mean? Well, you know, the CPI is what the government uses. Basically, that's what they advertise every month when they want to announce what the inflation rate is. And that is fine. Unfortunately, they have changed the methodology of the CPI over the years. Starting in, I think it was 1980, they made the first changes to the, the CPI calculation. And since then, they made several additional changes over the years. Uh, in the 1990s, they made a couple more changes to the methodology as well. They do things like hedonic adjustments now where instead of measuring you know, the price of steak – what they'll do is they'll do make a hedonic adjustment and say, well, now people are eating hamburger instead. And so therefore they can maintain a slightly lower rate on, makes the inflation rate look lower than it is. 
if you go to John Williams Shadow Stats, who still uses the original 1980 methodology, he's right now showing that the official inflation rate using the 1980 methodology is almost double what the current official, I'm using my quote marks, you can't see me, but I'm using my air quotes, the official rate. So by the old method, it's almost 18%. So that's why I put official in quotes. I was talking to Vitaly Katznelson, who is a recent guest on the show, money manager in Denver. And uh, he and I were having a discussion while I was there on my book tour. And he said the way he looks at inflation is he looks at imports, exports, because you can see an import exports, you can get a much clearer number of how much, you know, X product was and X product is now, right? So you can see it. And, and by his calculation, he thought we were between 14 and 16. So much closer to the number that you're talking about. And I love this because the idea of inflation, and this gets to your sandwich survey, I think it doesn't matter what inflation is to anybody but you. So kind of tracking your expenses and where it is to you, I, I think is a, is a huge thing. And we're about to even see that depending on what sandwich you eat, it's going to determine how big inflation affects you. Yeah. Well, and let's face it. I mean, Inflation obviously affects people at the lower end of the socioeconomic ladder as well. I mean, if you make a good salary, you've got a good household income, you know, you're going to notice your grocery bills going up, but it, it might not impact you directly. You might not even, you'll just say, oh, I'll pay the extra money. It's a little inconvenient, but it's no big deal. But if you're making, you know, lower end of the socioeconomic ladder, you're making maybe half of what the median household income is in the United States. A higher grocery bill hurts, and you have to start cutting out your discretionary, take away from your discretionary spending to pay for things, more food to account for that, you know, your grocery bills, your fuel bills. So it is important for a lot of people. I mean, this is very important for, for many, many people. Well, those fixed expenses, I mean, you know, what's that idea? You can't cut your way to greatness. Like you, 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 That's right. you, just, That's right. you just have to grin and bear it. Now you say in your piece the estimated cost of a school lunch this year, $3.93. And you point out that that might sound like a great deal, but man, you're still much better off this year, Len, brown bagging it. Yeah. One of my readers left a comment and was saying, you know, hey, it's still cheaper, all right, than, than buying the school lunch. And I responded, it's like, you know what? I think it'll always be that way, Joe. I can't imagine, <laughs> I can't imagine ever, I don't care how high inflation goes, brown bag in your own lunch to work or to school is always going to be cheaper, no matter what. And I would think, uh, especially when students get to high school and they're allowed to pick what they get for their student lunch versus an elementary school, at least this is the case for, what's the case for my kid's school, I know for a lot of schools, healthier as well. Oh, absolutely. You can't beat you know, have you seen the stuff that they serve at the schools? One, it doesn't look good at all. And then even... Um, Let's say you don't go to school. Maybe you're in high school and you, you at lunch you, you walk off campus and you go to a fast food joint. That's I mean, it's even yeah. worse for you. So when it comes to health, it's the way to go. And frankly, you're not getting out of McDonald's at $3.82. <laughs> no, you know, I just checked the average price in the United States right now for a Big Mac, not a, a value meal or anything, but just the Big Mac itself is $3.99 right now. So there it that's is. one Big Mac or, or, you know, your school lunch or something much cheaper going and doing your brown bag lunch. But dude, you've got all of your food groups there. You've got lettuce, cheese, what pickles, onions, on a sesame seed uh, bun. What's the rest of that? Yeah. I don't remember that whole Oh, on the, on the Big yeah. Mac? Yeah, you got it all. It's all there. You yeah, got all the food groups. There. Got all the food yeah. groups. Yes. Yeah. McDonald's, if you want to sponsor the show, we can talk. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. 
So for people that are new to this uh, shindig, Len, let's go through this. You visit the local grocery store and you record the per serving cost of various ingredients. Let's just walk through uh, briefly. What are the, what are the different sandwiches that you look at? Okay. The sandwiches, the 10 that I've chose were, were peanut butter and jelly, American cheese, which you could be a grilled cheese or just the cheese, plain old cheese sandwich, bologna or bologna, if you want to be more, uh, Refined. Uh, the turkey, yes, <laughs> the turkey and Swiss, the ham and Swiss, uh, the egg salad, the salami sandwich. And uh, then we also have, we close it out with the roast beef and cheddar, the tuna salad, mm. and the BLT, the highest end sandwich in the list. And you look at the different ingredients first, and then we put together the entire sandwich. So why don't we, why don't we start off this year's survey by looking at the ingredients then? Here's the first thing I was surprised by. There are actually a couple of ingredients that actually went down in cost. Like in a year like this year, there are some ingredients that actually cost you less. Quite surprising. And before we, right before I get into it, let me just make one more point about the, the servings. Yeah, sure. I always, when I do my survey every year, my motto is I, I'm not loyal to any brand. I What I do is I look on the shelf and whatever is the cheapest per unit cost, that's the item I, that's the one I pick for that particular year, whether it's peanut butter or jelly and whether whatever the size of the container is, I just look whatever is the cheapest unit cost, that's what I use for my, for my baseline because I figure the shopper if they're really trying to cut costs, they're going to pick the cheapest unit cost with no loyalty to brand or anything. So that's what I've done. I've been doing that for 14 years. Okay. So now what are the four? There were four items this year that actually went down in cost and quite significantly, they were crazy. It crazy turkey. It, hard to believe 27% lower than the survey that was taken a, a year ago this time. 27% lower for Turkey. Can we stop there for just a second? Yeah. Do you have any idea what's going on there? You know what? I have absolutely no idea. Maybe there was a glut of turkeys this year. I, I don't know. I, you know, Turkey to me seems more of a national. That should be reflected across the entire nation. I do have items on here that are actually more affected locally. For example, eggs. Eggs tend to be a, uh, a, a local impact because I will do my survey every year and somebody will say, well, the price of eggs actually, you know, did this at where I live. That's, I think, because there's a lot more local egg farms. Uh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So sure. anyway, so I don't know what's up with Turkey. It must, who knows? Who knows? The next two biggest drops was ham, uh, another meat, surprisingly, dropped 20%. And then we close out the other two items was there was tomatoes. The price of tomatoes actually fell uh, 20%. And the a condiment mustard fell 5%, but that was it. Out of the 18 items, those were the only items that fell in price this year. I had a theory, Len, about the meats being down so much, about those two meats being down so much. And I'm not sure if it's right, but as we're seeing supply chain issues now disrupt you know, industry after industry, it, it just makes me go back a year and think about where meats were a year from now. Remember, we, we, we had a run on meat during the COVID time. We had a run on, uh, it, that was right after toilet paper, wasn't it? Wasn't it toilet paper first and then meat? <laughs> and then we went through milk and like, you know what I mean? And it, it's been yeah. all these different things. 
that we've had where, you know, now it seems to be like, uh, 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 cars, right. <laughs> that, 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 yes. that, that, that now you can't buy a car, but I feel like these might be waves from the, you know, post COVID that maybe we've got some normalcy coming back to the meats. But, but I think then it would have been in bacon and bologna, but you didn't uh, see the same thing there. You know, I noticed that too, Joe, especially on the bacon. I'm like, how come the price of ham came down, but the price in my survey this year, bacon was up 50%. That's and your, that's your second biggest 50%. Uh, yes. There was one item on that list that actually almost doubled in price. 96. Do you want me to talk about that one right now? Or, yeah, or no, we can, no, let's go ahead and jump on it. It was tuna, albacore tuna. The cheapest price I could get this year on the shelf, it was 96% higher than last year for albacore tuna. You've been nice enough to have us uh, ride along on this thing, maybe for, I don't know, Len, maybe seven years, I'm thinking seven or eight years. It seems to me, and tell me if this is just my memory, because you don't have a year by year chart on your, on your post, but it seems like the cost of tuna is one of the more variable costs that you have every year on this list. It seems like tuna is always like the standard deviation on tuna prices is through the roof. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Tuna is very volatile. And again, I don't know why that is. I guess sometimes they have good fishing seasons and sometimes they have bad fishing seasons. I have no idea. But yes, that tends to be one of the more volatile priced items. Some other things that are up big, eggs up 48%, which then leads us to mayonnaise, which is up 31. So those two make sense to yes. me, right? Yes. Egg product in, in, in mayonnaise. And then uh, Swiss cheese up 24%. But let's talk about your cheeses here for a minute. Let's get cheesy. <laughs> okay. Uh, your Swiss cheese up 24%. Tell us up with cheddar and American. Nope. There's no price change at all. There was uh, four items on the list this year with no price change at all. They, they stayed absolutely stable. Two of them were cheeses, cheddar and American. But Swiss was up 24%. And this is the second year that Swiss, the price of Swiss outpaced the other two cheeses. The price of Swiss cheese is up uh, nearly 50% over the last two years. Again, I have no idea why, but that's the way it is. Well, I don't know, man. Have you been to Switzerland? It's expensive there. That's <laughs> I it. Guess. I guess Swiss so. cheese. Let me, and, and since I mentioned the items, the other items that did not, the other stable priced items, there was this American cheese, cheddar cheese, the strawberry jelly, which I use, and I always get every year somebody mm. complains about, why don't you use grape or, you know, why don't you use uh, orange marmalade? But I've always picked strawberry. The price of that did not budge. And the other one item that did not budge was lettuce. Lettuce was unchanged from last year. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you're, if you're complaining about grape jelly versus <laughs> strawberry, you need a hobby. <laughs> you got to get yourself a hobby. I'm indignant. <laughs> all right. So we take all these ingredients and you can hear some eye popping numbers, but on the other side, as, as you mentioned, we got four of these that didn't move. We've got three of them that are down big time. So now let's put together the sandwich costs. I'm just looking at this briefly as a way of introduction. Sandwiches cost did not go up uniformly. No, they did not. Typically the ones every year, the top five usually don't change. Those are the egg salad, the turkey and Swiss, the bologna, the American cheese, and the PB&J. Those are usually the top five every year. This year, three of those pretty much, they went up, but they didn't go up very much at all. 
The peanut butter and jelly went up 5%. The American cheese went up 3%. And the turkey and Swiss sandwich price went up 4%. An acceptable level of inflation yeah. on your turkey and Swiss. I don't think you would even notice it. You know, if, if, if you wanted to eat turkey and Swiss every day, you, you would not even notice that. Now, what's interesting with the turkey and Swiss was it only went up 4%. The price of Swiss cheese went up 24%, but it, but it was <laughs> countered by the price of turkey falling 27%. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting how some of this works out. <laughs> this is why you diversify, people. This is why you <laughs> diversify your sandwich. Exactly. You diversify because the price of turkey mitigates that monster cost of Swiss cheese. And if you really want to change it, just go to Turkey and American and bam. Joe, that is brilliant. I mean, maybe we should just totally diversify and like put bologna and peanut butter and jelly and put everything on a sandwich. And there you go. I think... I think Penzo, our work here is done. I think it is done. We got to create, create some new, create some new sandwiches. But boy, that egg salad between the price of eggs and mayo at number five that jacked up. Yeah, egg salad took a huge hit this year. The price of it was up thirty eight percent. Now that being said, it is still under a buck. It came in at ninety nine cents this year. So I mean, still a relative. Even though the price went up thirty eight percent. Um, again, affected by the price of eggs and mayo, which went up 31% this year, but it's still under a buck. And there were in all five sandwiches this year that were under a buck. That's the same as last year. Uh, the last time we had more sandwiches under a buck was, well, the most we ever had under a buck was we had seven sandwiches under a buck back in 2018, I think it was. Maybe yeah. Yeah, I remember how surprising that year was. Yeah, so still the price went up thirty eight percent, but it's still under a buck. It's still a bargain. It's still a a real bargain for you. So some things are relative. Egg salad at number five, turkey and Swiss at number four, American cheese at number three. All those holding the same. Bologna last year was tied for number one. Usually as a piece of number one, I think this is one of the few years that it wasn't at least tied for number one. Right. That's correct. You it surprises a lot of people, but. Bologna is one of the cheapest sandwiches. In the 14 years I've done this survey, it was either first or tied for first. So this is one of the only two years where it was not in the top spot, either shared or outright. And that brings us to the, the actual top spot. The cheapest sandwich is this year the peanut butter and jelly sandwich at 45 cents compared to the bologna, which is uh, 48 cents, up 12%. And I'm laughing because I've admitted this to you every year we've done the study and I still have done nothing about it. I still have not had fried bologna. I still have not. Every oh, you're year, kidding. Oh my gosh. You're going to do it again. You're going to do it again. You're going to tell me again. You don't know what you're missing, Joe. Yes, you, someday. You don't know what you're missing. Let's go the five on the other side. Let's go for most expensive. But number six in the order of least to most expensive. So number 10 is most expensive. Uh, six year is ham and Swiss. Well, you know what? Let's count it down because I think it's easier for people. Fifth most expensive ham and Swiss. Again, the price of Swiss cheese up through the roof, but the price of ham going down, Len. It counteracted it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, that sandwich is the only sandwich in the survey that actually fell in price this year. It came in at $1.15, which was 4% less than last year. The only sandwich. All the other sandwiches went up in price. Yeah. Was there inflation? Because so far... Because so far, Len, it doesn't seem that bad. I mean, we got a sandwich up five, a sandwich up 12, a sandwich up three, a sandwich up four, egg salad up 38, but countered by ham and Swiss down four. <laughs> so, so far we're looking, I mean, we're looking pretty good. A little bit of inflation, it seems like, but not that bad. But now yeah. 
Now, now you get into the salami. high end sandwiches. Yeah, this is where you're going to start. This is where you start paying. The salami sandwich was up thirty percent this year. The price of the sandwich went up to a dollar fifty nine. Still, remember these are these are still bargain prices compared to you know going school out lunch a school lunch or or going out and getting uh you know whatever your the fast food joint still a bargain. But yes, up thirty percent this year, and that was because of the price of salami, which uh, the price of salami this year was up thirty three percent. So uh, very big jump in price there. And then third from the top, uh, roast beef, which last year, by the way, was second from the most expensive. Correct. It was second yeah. most expensive. Now it's third, roast beef and cheddar. Yeah, it only went up only went up seventeen percent this only. year. <laughs> only that's uh, and again that's because the price of roast beef was up twenty percent this year. But uh, hey, dollar ninety five still not bad for a nice hearty sandwich. For lunch. So then the question is that cost of albacore tuna, did it make tuna salad cost more than the perennial winner, the BLT? Was tuna salad with its huge march up in price now the number one most expensive? No, it was not. Actually, uh, it, the price of a tuna sandwich went up 83% this year. $2.83 for a tuna sandwich now compared to last year was $1.55. So that's an 83% markup. Again, though, it's still cheaper than the BLT, which I think in all but one year, the BLT has always been the most expensive sandwich. And this year is no different. At three forty two, the price of a BLT was up 29% this year. 29%. Yeah. Which, okay, which brings us to the drum roll. This is the big thing that you were about to allude to. Which is, you know, we say there's inflation. People said there's inflation at the grocery store. What kind of inflation did you have at the grocery store here this year, Len? Yeah. So if you you take all the sandwiches and average them up, it was a dollar forty three, which is a twenty seven percent increase from last year. That is by far the biggest increase in price in the fourteen year history of this survey. Quite shocking. But there's clearly some uh, hacks here. Which is if you stay among those five cheapest sandwiches, you don't have much. It's when you start getting all fancy <laughs> that, you, that you find inflation here. Correct. But again, it's all relative, right? I mean, it's still, let's say you like tuna. You're still going to come out ahead rather than going out and um, getting something out you know, at a fast food restaurant. It might be, I will say this. The tuna and the BLT now, they are high enough compared to that $3.93 average price of a school lunch. It's probably pushing parity if you add the piece of fruit, the, the small bag of chips, and the juice box uh, in with it's probably pushing parity with that $3.93 now. But again, I still maintain that it's still healthier and better for you to make your own sandwich, your own BLT, and bring it to school or to work or the tuna salad, it's going to be much healthier, even if it is at parity. So this is still the way to go is make your own sandwich as far as I'm concerned. I don't know, man. I kind of, I kind of think that, uh, letting the sandwich artists, like it, it makes more sense to have the sandwich artists make it for me, Len. Like, why wouldn't I go down to Subway and have somebody make my sandwich for me? Well, you know, I, I haven't been to Subway. I don't know what what, what is a foot long or, or even a six inch sub at at uh, Subway cost now. I have no idea. I, I really don't. So it's yeah, I was be thinking of the cost of a sandwich, and uh, our our one of our favorite comedians, uh, Jim Gaffigan, talking about Subway and uh, sandwiches. 
And Domino's, they're doing the sandwiches because of the success of those Subway restaurants, right? Those Subway restaurants are everywhere. I got one backstage in my bathroom. <laughs> Subway. That was a bit of a disappointment, Subway, right? You're like, hey, Subway, eat fresh. And then you bite in, you're like, not so fresh. <laughs> not fresh at all. If you haven't been to Subway, you've probably walked by and breathed in that bread exhaust they pump out. Ah, the smell of bread that was just baked in a dirty dishwasher. I don't know if it's making me hungry or concerned for the ozone. But I go to Subway, you know, and not just because it's fun watching a clinically depressed person throw together your sandwich. They make it right in front of us. You'd think they'd do with a little bit of flair. <laughs> you want mayonnaise? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm On second thought... You uh, sold me. You sold me. <laughs> yes, let's not. <laughs> You know, I saw, a thing, I saw a thing a while ago. Somebody went, was on Twitter, and they were, took a ruler to the foot-long sub there at Subway, and it was only like 11 inches. So they were complaining oh. that the foot... <laughs> So shrinkflation, even to your foot long. <laughs> they need a different ruler. That's what they need. Uh, Len, thanks a ton for going over the sandwich survey with us and um, eat at home. Eat, eat real fresh. Eat real fresh. I think it shows that, you know, prices have gone up, but it's still your best bet. I mean, you, you can't beat a brown bag, brown bagging it to school or brown bagging it to work. I mean, regardless of the price inflation, which was significant this year, for your pocketbook, it's the way to go. This is Scott from California. When I'm not hiking at national parks, I'm stacking Benjamins. Big thanks to Len for letting us take part again in his annual sandwich survey. OG, one of the highlights of our year, talking sandwiches, Mr. Penzo. Your favorite sandwich? Oh, uh, of Len's or just in general? Just in general. I kind of go back and forth. I, I really enjoyed I had a turkey Reuben that was on the regular rotation for quite a while. That was a go-to for a bit. Um, turns out it's like 9,000 calories, so that really does a number on the... That means everybody's winning. ...waistline. Yeah, you only have to eat once every four days, which is uh, right. Which is nice. I don't know. It's hard to argue with a club. I don't. Is there ever a sandwich that you like forgot that you really liked, and then you had it, and you went, oh, where has this been? Nah, I don't think so. No? I do that with egg salad. Egg salad sandwich, I'm like, yeah, no. What? No egg salad. And then I have it, and I'm like, this is heaven. This is fantastic. I eat hard-boiled eggs all the time, so a lot of those make their way into sandwiches. But my only memory, I, I like egg salad sandwiches also, but my only memory about egg salad sandwiches are going to church with my grandma, and she would brig egg salad sandwiches for the little thing afterward and put butter on the bread. And it was so nasty that I couldn't even stomach it. And I could never understand, like, why are you putting butter on this? It's so gross. I mean, I get it now. Like, it was like free calories, basically. Butter was free calories yeah. way back when. But um, yeah, just grab a little more. It kind of is now in a different way. It's like bad free calories. But, but anyways, I don't know. so I can only, when I think of egg salad, I think of grandma's egg salad with butter on it. And that's not how I make it. That's good, but I just can't. Ugh. Yeah. My mom used to send us to school with peanut butter and butter sandwiches. Peanut butter and butter? Yeah. And then I found out that they had life insurance policies on us. So I'm pretty sure she was trying to accelerate things. <laughs> to speed this up. <laughs> oh, look at the The credit card came in a little high. Yeah. I mean, who does send that? Send to school with uh, 
peanut butter and butter. We did peanut butter and bananas for a while when I was a kid. We thought it was like all crazy, this crazy kids recipe. And so it was my mom, you know, was the person that would do like the, the floors, uh, you know, the floors lava because we didn't have any money. So we would, uh, you're saying you had a cool play mom. games That's like cool. that. Yes, absolutely. So she would, she would generate excitement out of, Oh, look, it's peanut butter and bananas together. That's we awesome. are nuts. I don't know. I, yeah. I eat that. That's a good snack. That's a good sandwich. Yeah. That's a, that's a tried and true. Yeah. Nothing wrong that's with that. not a weird thing. But, but the one I always forget about because I'm not 11 anymore, sadly, <laughs> is, uh, is, is peanut butter and jelly. Like, you know, I know Lynn's got it in the, in the study and, and I'm always like, no, no peanut butter and jelly. And then I have it and I'm like, this is amazing. Okay, this could determine the future of our relationship right here. Smooth or crunchy? <laughs> there is a right answer. OG, OG just had an opinion. I've got an opinion. Like, I was asked the question, but he has an opinion. 100% crunchy. Yes! Yes! That is the only correct answer. God, I wish we weren't virtual. I would hug you right now. Hard pass. <laughs> oh, boy. Joe, hold on. I got to find her segue. He's avoiding it because he's going to say smooth and he doesn't want to be on the outside looking in. Where is my segue? (laughs) I don't need to be part of your club. I got to say, I was about to say before OG answered that when I was younger, it was always crunchy. And now just the damn crunch, 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 crunch all the way through it. I'm like, I don't have time for that. My jaw (laughs) just wants... To relax and enjoy my damn sandwich. My teeth have been ground down time. due to all the crunchy peanut butter. They've been ground all down to like exactly. and my peanut butter and jelly sandwich in a blender with some milk and drink it. <laughs> you guys don't? Delicious. Smoothie. Am I the only one? Am I the only one? Hey, uh, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline. <laughs> Tackle. I, I don't even know a segue. Tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, Doug, they put what you value first. A gallon of toasted coconut ice cream. Oh, you lost me at coconut. What? Your loved ones and your time, it says here. Way better without coconut. It's why they made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. Head to stackybenjamins.com slash havenlife now to get a free quote. Well, at least you didn't say macaroni and cheese ice cream like somebody we know. Love what they're doing at Haven Life because the prices are affordable. You get an instant coverage decision because they are a fintech creator. They've narrowed down that pages long application to just the important ones. You'll find out right away. And of course, all policies are issued by their parent company, Mass Mutual, which is more than 160 years old. Today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to uh, Michelle. Say hi, Michelle. Hi, Joe and OG and neighbor Doug. This is your new friend, Michelle. A few weeks ago, Scott Trench subbed for OG, and he made the comment that the only thing worse than inflation is deflation. Can you explain that a little bit? Thanks, guys. Have a great day. All right, OG, you were not on that episode, obviously. That's what she meant. But (laughs) ambiguity, the devil's volleyball. Words matter, Michelle. Words matter. OG. Um, I know, like I was mentioning, you weren't on that episode, but um, Scott did make the statement that deflation is worse than inflation. Okay. What do you think? I think they both would suck pretty badly, evenly. I mean, so inflation is bad because you're losing purchasing power, right? So you have to go make more money to buy the same goods and services. 
And that causes eventually people to say, you know, I got to cut back on these things and, you know, and then it leads to a recession. But uh, inflation is worse than a recession. So you have to beat inflation even if it causes a recession. So that's kind of that. Deflation, on the other hand, means that you would buy something and immediately it would be worth less than what you purchased it for. So it would be better to wait tomorrow to buy milk than buy it today because it will be priced less tomorrow than today. And you can see how that would work, right? That just causes huge contraction almost overnight because why do I want to go out and buy milk today when I can buy it tomorrow for, for less money? And if I don't need it tomorrow, why don't I just wait till the next day? It'll be less. Well, the things that are happening in the economy too, for those conditions to even exist, right? I mean, people are doing so poorly that everybody has to lower their prices to get people to buy stuff. Like that means that unemployment is just rampant, right? Right. And yeah, nobody's buying anything. It's a pretty vicious cycle, right? It probably has high interest rates, which makes you want to hold on to your money. Prices are declining. Supply is increased. like the exact opposite of everything that you're seeing now. And you go, well... This sucks. The inflation supply chain, da 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 da. Surely the opposite could be better. No, no, the opposite's bad too. Yeah, we need an equilibrium, right? Of the right amount of supplies and goods and services, that sort of thing. So there's really not a lot of uh, examples of really bad deflation, other than a few well, kind of really uh, random events. I think like. Brazil and Venezuela had some pretty bad deflation. Uh, some countries yep. in Africa, you know, Central Africa, had some pretty bad deflation over the last um, <clears throat> or periods of it. It can't last forever, right? Eventually, it if you give it away for free, you've reached peak deflation, I guess. So you're done, you know. So so it doesn't last forever. But um, yeah, I would, I guess, I would say deflation is worse than inflation because inflation at least you can go make more money. I don't know. Well, and the reason Scott said that is because of the fact that uh, inflation on a moderate level is a healthy thing. Yeah. Where at any level, deflation sucks. Deflation is horrible. So the key, and this was his point, talking about the role of the Federal Reserve, is to make sure that we keep moderate inflation. And as long as they don't create deflation, then they're good. So, And at the time... At the time, he said that uh, he thought the Fed was going to work very quickly because the Fed usually has two enemies. Enemy number one is the employment rate, and enemy number two is inflation. And because the employment rate was looking pretty damn good, they could afford to jack up interest rates fairly quickly. And they did. And now we're seeing the natural effect, which is the number that just came out for jobs is starting to moderate again. And by the way, OG, this this leads to something else. How many times have people asked you lately? They're like, "Man, I hope those prices come back down when this inflation is over." Yeah, that is deflation <laughs> that you're hoping for. Prices are not coming down. They will just like don't get me wrong. They might one company might lower prices a little bit, but to see prices across the board go down is not something I would ever plan on. Yeah, no. I mean, this is kind of sort of where everything is now. It's just this is the new number. And now we go up from here. Other than some commodities. Yeah, right. I'm buying a $100,000 truck now. That's where we're at. 
and I'm and I'm buying it above list price. <laughs> well, is, yeah, certainly the, not the, that. That's the right. There's, there's. Are well, you really? No, but that's the craziness going on at car dealerships right now. Yeah. Yes. Right. Well, I had to clarify that because you know we would get feedback in the basement. Joe's buying a hundred thousand dollar truck. <laughs> no, that's not Joe. Where did he find such a piece of trash? I've been looking all over. Yeah, that's right. That's a great deal. You actually found a truck. You think about trucks, Doug. You just think about trucks. You don't think about a truck costing a hundred thousand dollars. It's not hard to get one up in that price range. Uh, so one of my favorite podcast episodes of all time, you made me think of this, OG, was an old episode of Planet Money, episode two. I just had to look this up. I don't store this info in my brain. But it's episode 216. It's from way back in 2015, but it's called How Four Drinking Buddies Saved Brazil. And it's all about inflation and deflation and these wild swings that their original currency was having. And so... It's about the four people who figured out how they're going to fix it in Brazil. And it's you'll learn a lot about, about just the concepts in general of inflation and deflation. And then it's just a, it's a great story. And none of us up here in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, most of us didn't know this was going on when it was happening. We can have those guys back on, uh, on the show. I had so much fun talking to them. That was, that was a good time. That was back in like 2012 or 2013 that we It had feels like it was forever ago. Yeah, it's, it has been a while. But no, let's definitely link to that. And um, of course, in our 201 newsletter, Brooke Miller will have a bunch of resources. And by the way, Michelle, for being brave enough to ask a question, we've got a shirt coming your way. So watch out for that. StackyBenjamins.com slash voicemail. And uh, you too can get the shirt and then lord it over over Doug. Yeah. Let's talk about just a few things going on around the podcast. If people want more, first of all, we mentioned the 201 earlier, but on Wednesday afternoons, five o'clock Eastern, you will usually find me over on Instagram with another headline and also talking to a fintech guest in many cases, Stacking Benjamin's podcast. Put that in the search engine on Instagram. Also, we have a group of stackers that uh, chat about all things money. And it's great to have a lot of people that are like-minded individuals. That's our Facebook group. Put Stacking Benjamin's Basement into the search feature on Facebook and you'll find us over there. I also got to say a big thanks to anybody who uh, has given us a review lately, wherever you listen to this show that I always tell new stackers just what kind of things they're in for when they come to the Stacking Benjamin show. I saw something interesting here the other day which is a point that for those of you that have seen me speak already know is something that I firmly believed for a long time. And it's this scientists have discovered that it takes approximately 400 repetitions to create a new synapse in the brain. So we talk about atomic habits and building habits unless it's done in play, in which case it only takes 10 to 20 repetitions. And that is, our goal here wow. is for you to learn for you to learn this stuff quicker and much much quicker if you make it playful. If you turn it into a game, you're much more likely to to learn it. And that's really, I think, what we're all about here at Stacking Benjamins. And thanks, by the way, to Always Learning in Washington. Mom's got this one on the refrigerator upstairs. Always entertaining five stars. Thanks for keeping me entertained and educated on my long training runs and work commute. Man, I can't wait to get back to running. Love the banter and particularly the Friday Roundtable episodes. Thanks for always learning in Washington for sharing that. And last but not least, 
If you're concerned about the market and the chatter around a recession on the horizon or the chatter around whether we're actually in a recession or not, I don't think we'll go there. OG and his team <laughs> put together a free guide that shares eight moves to make in a Dow market guide to help you plan more and panic less no matter what the market does. So head over to stackybenjamins.com slash guide and you'll get this helpful free guide from OG. That's going to do it for today. Doug, I think you got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, in a time when going out to eat is getting more and more pricey, consider staying at home and getting creative between two slices of bread. Second, Bank of America, maybe not your bestest buddy. But the big lesson, keep your vegetables on your own porch. Not just your zucchini, but your eggplants, your sweet potatoes, and your carrots. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us today. Find him and his sandwiches at lenpenzo.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is created by Joe Salcihai. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch, with help from Joe, me, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest Podcast. Brooke Miller is our producer today and our amazing newsletter editor of The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. Both she and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. To join all The Basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at The Stacking Benjamin Show. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. Often here, we'll talk about video games. We'll talk about movies. We'll talk about TV shows we're watching. We'll talk about, oh, geez, kids getting cranky. Talk about all kinds of craziness. But there is a movie review that that I really want to shine a spotlight on this movie because 
There is so much uncertainty out there. In fact, popular blogger J.D. Roth the other day was asking people, he's like, I just need a feel good. Like, I just need something that is a pick me up because it just he very much like this movie that we reviewed a few months ago. He finally saw it. Everything Everywhere All at Once with Jamie Lee Curtis in it. it. Just been a fantastic movie. And also, by the way, a great, great feel good movie. So I had huge hopes for this movie that I saw a trailer for, uh, drove to Shreveport to see it. Cause of course they're not showing this at the 14 Cinemark theaters. Cause those are all full of, uh, I think eight of them have minions. Eight of our 14 <laughs> are the minions movie. So this is a new movie called Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Mrs. Harris, what would I do without you? Mrs. Harris is the soul of discretion. One would never know she'd been, but for the polish on my knobs. That's what we are, Vi, the invisible women. Kiss me once, and kiss me twice, and kiss me once again. Isn't it divine? 500 pounds. 500 quid for a dress? When I put it on, nothing else matters. My Eddie would love to see me in a Dior gown. War's been over a long time. Your Eddie's never coming back. Nothing wrong with dreaming, Eddie. That's what you are. You're a dreamer. You should have been receiving a war widow's pension. It comes quite a tidy sum. Oh, it's my Eddie. It's a sign from my angel. What are you going to do? I'm going to buy a dress. A Christian Dior from Paris. <laughs> so imagine it's the early 1950s, Mrs. Harris's uh, husband, Eddie, uh, missing in action in World War II. Uh, nobody knows if he's dead or alive. And sadly, early on, she finds out that uh, he's passed away. Mrs. Harris, by the way, now cleans houses to make ends meet. And because her husband's been missing and not dead, she hasn't received any pension. She hasn't received any money. So she's always struggling. And by the way, the period piece, the period outfits that they wear, the general mood, like this is half the reason why I really like Downton Abbey was I really like the look of Downton Abbey. I think it's just, it's, it's fantastic. And same thing here, just London at that time. And it's funny, some of the people she works for, she works for a self-obsessed actress who is this hilarious side character. She works for a guy who always is leaving the apartment and he always dug, he always has his niece with him as he's walking out and uh, he introduces Mrs. Harris to his niece all the time. And he often has different nieces, but one time he accidentally calls his niece a different name than he did the day before where you figure out fairly quickly. These might not be nieces yeah. of his. Gotcha. Uh, and he's the guy that you heard in the clip that says she's the soul of discretion, right? Mm. But she finds out very early in the movie that her husband has is now presumed dead and she has bundles of money that's accumulated over the last many years. And she decides, because one of her clients has a Christian Dior dress, that, that she is going to go to Paris and get a dress. At a time, by the way, when Christian Dior was not sold anywhere. You could not buy this anywhere. You couldn't go to a department store. You couldn't go anywhere to buy the dress. You had to go there. And so Mrs. Harris decides... To make her happy, she's going to go. She's going to go buy a dress, and of course, uh, Paris is a little snooty, and uh, and she's traveling in circles that she normally does not travel in. So wait a minute. I mean, you've just given us a lot of info about the movie. If you're a fan of period pieces and like marvelous Mrs. Maisel and that sort of thing, it sounds like it'll appeal to you. But did you like it? Are you recommending 
it to people to go see it? Well, I'm glad you asked that because I like saving that for the very end. So I went in with this hope. I went in with this hope that as good as it looked and the music being as great as it was and these characters that are so lovable that I would absolutely love the movie. I very much liked it, Doug. I very much. And by the way, if you need something that is, that's just a feel, even when things are bad, things are good. If you need that kind of upliftment in your life, or you know somebody that wants a feel good movie, like you're just in that mood. Like my dad watches all the Hallmark Christmas movies the whole month of December. He just has them on, on play over and over. It's that kind of thing. And so while I liked it, I didn't love it like I thought it was going to because it was so sweet. Sugary it sweet. It was so damn sugary sweet. I like the music. Like you heard that uh, Louis Armstrong song that was playing. So I immediately go to Spotify and look for the playlist and, oh, they have a soundtrack. I play the soundtrack. None of the licensed music in the movie is in the soundtrack. Only oh. the little piano tunes, which, by the way, has been nice, and I've been working to it. But, man, I wanted some of those mm. great 40s and 50s songs they were playing in the movie. So, looks good, feels good, maybe a little too good. So, Mrs. Harris, a thumb up if you need a good, feel-good movie. But, otherwise, actually, it's funny. I think OG would really like this movie. I don't see him taking notes about this. As I am you've been furiously talking, he- taking notes of don't watch whatever Joe recommends. I heard no explosions. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I heard no explosions or swearing. So No toxic masculinity. There's no toxic Her husband was a bomber pilot. Her husband was a bomber pilot. So there, there were. But he wasn't a very good one. <laughs> no. Apparently wasn't very good. I got to tell you, remember the guy that played the uh, bad, uh, you know, and I could ex- I could tell you this uh, gentleman's name, but I think it's going to be more effective for most people just telling you who he's been. He plays the horrible British officer in The Patriot. Remember that guy? The nasty, nasty black haired guy. He's also Draco Malfoy's dad in the Harry Potter mm. movies, and he is just mean he is the nicest dude in this movie. and I just can't get over it. Like every single scene he's in is being nice again. I'm like, oh, this guy's going to turn. This guy is so, so, so going to turn. I'll give you a little spoiler. He doesn't. Nobody's bad in this movie. So uh, anyway, good stuff. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. In our headlines, we look at Bank of America's hopes for America straight out of the charred pit where their heart used to be. Sorry. I was swimming. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't put that there and expect me to make it through with a straight face. You can't. <clears throat> I needed that. Okay. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric who is such a giving person, Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, 
there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.